Hey everybody, um, it will be a lot, <laughs> but I'm probably going to do a third show for the next th two to three weeks, um, because even after I dropped part two of episode 255 on my, on Sunday night at 11.40, I'm just laying down, told the story already, but I'll tell it again. And, um, all of a sudden, I'm seeing all these things about a media scrum, and I go and watch it. And I usually don't watch the media scrums, um, but I watched the media scrum, and I saw, oh, okay, cool, you know, like, Jer CM Punk's on here, Jericho's on here, Storm's on here, Swerving Our Glory gonna be on here, but the thing that everyone was talking about was the CM Punk one, obviously, and so I'm watching it. And he was going off, and I was like, wow. And I was like, what do I do? I wasn't really even tired yet, so I was like, Ugh. I'll record a part three. No music, no bullshit, just get right to the point. So that's what I did. And so even after that, we get news. As I record this, it's Tuesday morning, 3 o'clock in the morning. Um, yes, I get up this early all the time. And I was like, all right, let's just do a show in, within the show every week until after grand slam after grand slam that's when i'll get back to the formula um because i don't know what tony khan does now now there are reports of a fight from pw insider from the observer apparently here's a scene so Punk and Ace Steel and Ace Steel's wife, who's watching Punk's dog, are in his locker room. The Elite, Kenny Omega, the Bucks, go into his locker room to approach him. Now, mind you, Punk had just said in the scrum, you have a problem with me, come see me. Which is, you ask for it, someone's going to come see you. So then all of a sudden, apparently Nick, excuse me, apparently Matt Jackson and Punk are throwing fists at each other. The reports are differing on who threw the first punch. Some saying Punk, some saying they don't know who. Well, either way, Punk and the, and the Bucks are getting into it. Omega is never getting physical. But apparently, as things are picking up, Ace Steel gets involved because apparently his wife was near the scrum. And so he throws a chair, hits Nick Jackson, Nick, hits Nick Jackson in the face. Apparently, Nick Jackson has a black eye. And apparently, even after these guys, these guys are separated... There's still a bunch of yelling going on, all this other stuff. And reportedly, the Bucks were supposed to be at the media scrum. Trios champions, of course, I can see that. And no one knows about this at the media scrum. That's at the media scrum. Apparently, it's just, the whole situation is a mess. It's ugly. Um, I will give my thoughts on it right here. Uh, and then tell you why we're here right now for this cold open or ending. I might just leave it as a cold open. Um... If Ace still really was throwing chairs, I don't know what his role is in AEW. Uh, obviously, he got hired because of Punk, which is fine. You should always help your friends out, which Punk is very well known to do. And um, he needs to be fired. And, and I, it's hard for me to say at this time because, man, like... <laughs> uh, Freshly graduated student, really proud of myself. Thank you for the crack. Congratulations, by the way, everyone who's been sending me those messages. 
So it was like, all right, let's get this career really started and let's do what we need to do. This dude still has been around for forever. He's trained a lot of people. And I don't know what his role is, but he needs to be fired if that's the case. And that's and that's because you cannot suspend Eddie Kingston for two weeks for almost hitting somebody and then do nothing to your top stars. Well, Eddie Kingston's the only top stars that were being around, honest. And no one even knew about the suspension. No one even spoke about the suspension until after it was over because no one knew. And then the stories got out. How the stories got out, who knows? And so, um, me personally, he still needs to be fired. Punk needs to be suspended, and so does the Elite. Period, bottom line. The Elite could have gone to Tony Khan, even no matter how heated they were. Even if Punk invited the drama, the Elite could have gone to Tony Khan. They chose to go into his locker room. Once, once, you, dude, once you're in my space, you're in my world. And people can say what they want to about, I wouldn't, yeah, I hear you, homie. Someone approaches me in my world with my dog and my two friends in there. Let's let's go at that point. You know, and that sounds heathenous. And I'm not a heathen. I'm not a thug. I'm not a gangster. I'm not of these things. But I know one thing for sure. I'm going to protect myself at all means. Because guess what? You swing on me and then all of a sudden nothing happens to you. Then I'm coming for your head. Period. Bottom line. That's how people think. We all react differently in the moment. Right, and tensions have been high, and I said something the other day, and I thought was wrong. A lot of people say that Punk came in and just went off. I don't recall that. I recall him seeing a reporter, and he asked the reporter if Cole Cabana was still his friend, and and then the but this stemmed from something Tony Khan had said no comment to though, before from this reporter. That's how it started. Now, even if it wasn't in that moment, it was something that Punk had... Rem- now, yeah, he, he he went in there clearly and he got triggered, right? Um, and the question I've been asked a lot is, was it unprofessional? <laughs> I told a personal story in part three. If you haven't heard it, please check it out in the archives. I don't think it was at all. I think sometimes you had to stand up for yourself. And, and do I believe CM Punk came back to wrestling to, to not get into this? I do believe that. I believe he came back with pure of heart and everything like that. And I think, but, but he is delusional. He might not have said the words to Tony Khan, hey, Cole Cabana has to go. He didn't have to. Once Tony Khan knew, okay, RH is going to be around. I can keep this. Because remember, Cole Cabana's contract is coming up from renewal. And he was going to, like, just let him go. Like, he's done with a number of people. But in fairness to Cole Cabana, whether you like the guy, whether you hate punk, whether you love punk, Cole Cabana is a pro wrestling Hall of Famer. He is, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He has paved the road for so many indie wrestlers. This was the first wrestler to have his own podcast. That's why when it ended so many years ago, People were surprised, like, well, why is he ending it, you know? And I think it was probably just due to stress and everything like that. Now, who knows if he was the first one to monetize it? Who knows all that? Like, like really, really eat off it. Um, but he was the first one to do that. Like, he's made a lot of friends. And remember also this. I don't know if you guys know this or not. But when the Bucks knew AEW was going to happen, the very first person they told was Cole Cabana. He has a lot of friends. He's blazed away for a lot of people to eat and I understand how to eat better on the independent scene. 
So you can't, even with with him and Punk having a falling out, he didn't have falling out with anybody else. That wasn't where it went, right? And so it's one of those situations. And here's the thing: whenever it comes to money, dude. And here's the thing also: for as much I remember saying this to my in private, I don't think I ever said this on any podcast I've done. Punk might have won the um, the trial between him and WWE. He lost the war because he lost a really good friend, and then split them apart. And it's all because of that podcast. Now, don't get me wrong. I think many people had. I think Punk had to say to have that podcast for his own closure with WWE on from that end. Um, and I don't think people realize how much how important closure is. And so, and just in case you haven't noticed, this will be a, a really long cold open because I have some other things I say. But to me, they lost in the end. They lost their, their friendship, which is a shitty thing. And so, bottom line, in the, the day, I don't find it. Here's my thing: either you say something, or you don't. But I don't think Punk going out on Dynamite, bringing up Hangman and Page was gonna was gonna fly anymore. Even if he's a top star, eventually you gotta shut shit down. And in one way, you make an example. Boom. But to me, this works out perfectly for Tony Khan because guess what? He can now make an example of the top four stars in AEW, including three EVPs. If, they, if it's true and they went into his locker room, all of them should be fucking suspended. Period. Bottom line. And you you can suspend them for one week. Those I mean, if you have big plans for these guys at Grand Slam, you don't want to suspend Fine. Suspend them for that for, for up until then. How about that? I'm just saying, you have an out here. And as far as people saying he didn't respect Tony, I don't think it's anything to do with Tony. This has nothing. I get that Vince allows certain things, but there are certain people who still went against Vince McMahon's rules. Leo Rush, of all people, said, "Fuck it, I'm gonna do while under WWE contract. I'm going to do an I'm going to do an unauthorized interview." Now, is this happening more and more? Yes, it is concerning at this point. MJF did an unauthorized interview with Ariel Hawani. Um... I think they need that freedom in that company because everything is so regimented and and laid out in WWE. But if we're just being honest here, there comes a time where you have to put your foot down. And this is the time right here. It's a stone cold mess right now. And I want to say part of it was a work. I think the part of MJF was a work when he was saying it. I think he just was saying it because he knows he's working with him soon. Everything else was clearly not work. Um, I know that I've seen other things where it's like the, the, the elite threatened to walk out of aid. Where, where are you going to walk out to? Where are you going to go? Back to the indie scene? That's cool. You, I mean, you, th- you think about it, you destroyed that. You can go back. There's, there's no more ROH that's not under Tony Khan. New Japan? All right, cool. They're connected to AE fucking W. The real indie 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 scene, you're too big for that. They can't afford you. They can't afford an eight thousand dollar per they're not gonna make that much money back. So that's my quick thoughts on that. But the other day during part three, I told you guys I was I was writing this segment and I was like, I don't know how I want to present it, and I call it the Banks Punks Paradox. I love been using the paradox word for so many I've been using like a part of Big Bang Theory show for so while. But no. The reason why I thought about this, this is something I've been this is by my heart for a long time. 
And what to me it comes down to, I call it the punk banks paradox because, and by the way, when I say show, it's going to be like how it was, it's going to be just strictly dynamite focused. And if I have any more thoughts, I'll say it on the Monday show. But essentially, we did strictly dynamite focused and just the aftermath of dynamite. Anyways, so when I think of punks and Sasha Banks, I think of people who complain about their jobs and have the guts to complain about their jobs. And I use another personal hero story during part three. And I'm going to use that again here just to set the tone for people who have not heard part three. So I have a friend. He, he hit me up, and he's a very needy friend, and it's because and it's because he doesn't really have many friends that aren't work associated, which I get, I get it, you know. Sometimes we naturally make more friends at work than we do outside of work, and then when you make we try to hang out with them outside of work, you just want a different perspective from that. So he hit me up. I'm gonna tell his story, right? No names. Uh, so he had been struggling to. Um, Matter of fact, let's go deeper. Use myself as well. So I had some situations at this job, and I was let go, and I was really, really pissed off because I got fucked over, royally fucked over, like in the ass with no Vaseline. And I, when I said, "Hey, can you at least put some Vaseline on that?" They said, "Nah, homie, this is how we're doing it today." I said, "All right, good, so I'm fucked." And so I called him. So I didn't call him. We were just texting. And he was out of town for work. And he said, well, if you, if you want to call, you can call. Didn't really want to call. Didn't really want to talk about it. But I, I could tell he was just trying to be there. I said, nah, I'm good. He said, no, nah, no, nah, please, please. You know, so I called him. So he's giving all this advice. And the one thing I know for sure is about life. People, human beings, eat, are so quick to give advice, but never quick to take it. That's why I only ask one or two, maybe three people. Maybe. It barely, it very rarely, my mind, my ego, my pride will very rarely let me get to three people talking to him about advice. Because I know they can't take it. They, they can't they can't take their own advice, right? Me personally, and I've been told this a lot, I can. You know, and I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it's very fucking hard to swallow your pride. But I know I can definitely do it. So anyways, he's giving all this advice, whatever. Maybe, maybe a month later, he's going through the exact same thing at his job. And we're in two different industries. And so... By this time, things had changed. The place that I, let me go wanted me to come back. And I was like, man, F you mother bleepers, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. And I remember vividly, he's going through some stuff. And I said, well, you do know you're going through the same exact things. It's just a different industry. I said, they don't, they don't treat you very well. I said, well, I know, but I need this title. I want. He sounded just like me. And as I used the analogy the other day, it reminded me of like the cancer doctor. When he finds out he has cancer, and then all of a sudden he sounds like the patient now. It's like, bro, like this. This is how you you deal with deal this all the time. Once again, it's easier when you're not going through it than when you are going through it. Like, no, no, it's different. How's it different? And that's what you get is a silence, right? And so I remember going talking, just talking to him, and vividly he got let go like three months later, and he had texted me, "Hey, I lost my job," and he said it in a joking way. I said, "That's not funny, bro." He was like, "No, I'm dead serious." I said, "Oh, what happened?" So he told me what happened. So anyways, he was making, I'm going to put his money out there. I don't give a fuck. Y'all know who I'm talking about. Y'all never, y'all never will. <laughs> it's a hundred grand he was making, right? A little over a hundred grand a year, which is not bad money. Well, now fast forward some months, two months, three months, actually. And he's being offered 150 grand to do less work, to do essentially nothing. 
He's like, I don't get into this thing for money and blah, blah, blah. I said, yeah, homie, I hear you. I can't relate. So you got five minutes to bitch. Because I'm all for people bitching and ranting. My rule is you need to feel better afterwards. If you don't feel better afterwards, I don't know what we're doing here. Right? And so he's talking and bitching and moaning. And he's like, well, it's the market. I'm scared. It might be a recession. I said, just take the fucking job and stop bitching. How many people can lose a job, want to be hired at a job, to do no work and make more money. Your reality isn't many people's realities, homie. It ain't the same thing, dog. It's not. So I got so a part of this conversation last summer must got me thinking about Sasha Banks and CM Punk. So many people. I said this. I said this on a podcast a long time ago. Maybe months ago now. It's been this year. I know that. I just don't know what show. We let Steve Austin off on so many things. Beating Deborah, which he's admitted to, walking out on on creative, complaining about creative. We never hold these things over Austin's head. He has openly admitted to walking out on Brock Lesnar, not wanting to do the job, not wanting to. He said these words. We put Austin on such a pedestal, and Austin was one of the ultimate politicians. I'm not saying Punks and Sasha Banks are on that level, but they have credibility. I have, go to WrestleTix.com. When I, I know a lot of people were like were knocking me when I said that now Sasha Banks was a needle mover. There's proof. Check WrestleTix. Sasha Banks is the only person to get over 2.5 million viewers in her segment. Not even Roman Reigns has done that. He's gotten two two million, but not more than Sasha. These are facts. I'm saying, not fiction. And so. When you look at these two, to me, it comes down to complaining about your job in public. And here's my thing. Should you be complaining about your job in public? We all do it. It's just they have a light on them that we don't have a lot of times. When you guys go to your job, then you guys hang out with your coworkers after work at the local bar, wherever it is. Work never comes up. You guys just come out and say, oh, everything's hunky-dory. And we are living life in disco fever. No, you guys complain about your fucking job. It just, it, what is what it is. It's why I don't hang out with people for my jobs. Because <laughs> it, it goes down to like, what? why am I here till 9 o'clock? I got to be back here at the job with you guys. Going through this, it's a, it's a never-ending fucking cycle. Why should anyone not be able to complain about their job? That's not the complaint here. The rub is when we now say, hey, shut up and wrestle for me. Shut up and entertain me. I don't want to hear about your personal problems. Didn't know listen to them. You have every right to them block them on Twitter. Block them on Instagram. You don't have to. You know what I'm saying? It's just one of those situations where you choose to because you have a platform that you, where you can complain and say something and you think it's tough because you say it over Twitter. It's You wouldn't say it to their face. So to me, that's the biggest rub. Because we all do the same shit. Like, I remember on my first corporate job. Won't say the name of it. And I remember I wasn't hanging out with anybody because my schedule was crazy. My schedule was college from 7 a.m. to 1 p.m. I had an hour break between somebody to be at work. So I would just drive straight from the school to the job in between get some food. And I remember it was from 2 to 10. So I didn't have the opportunity to hang out. But I remember 
when I did have a job that was like kind of air quotes and doing air quotes, doing air quotes different where I, I would get up from six or seven, you would hit the local bar and I'd be like, damn, this is like work. I'm tired. I want to go rest. Didn't get home at like nine. And it's like, damn, I gotta be back at work. You feel like you lose your day. You just, you just, it's just gone now. And you spent it all talking about work. So I don't like that feeling. I hate that. I hate nine to fives. I hate the nine to five hour. If I'm going to work, I'm going to get up at three, four in the morning, go to work, be done by 12, be joined by one and still have my whole fucking day ahead of me. So if I want to go home and take a power nap and wake up at two thirty three, and still have my entire fucking day, I can. And so Punk and Sasha Banks openly complain about their positions openly. Punk has been complaining since 2008 by his position. And then once the pipe bomb happened in 2011, there was no more complaining because he is a top guy. There was nothing that you could do to take that away. When he cut that promo, whether it was scripted or not, I know people have a big thing about everything not being scripted, but that's whatever. It's neither here nor there. He became a top guy. And he solidified himself. So it didn't matter. Sasha Banks. She became a star before the main fucking roster. If you think about it, people knew who Charlotte Flair was because her dad. No one knew how good she was because she at that, at that time she really only had re- wrestled. She had wrestled and beaten all the four other four horsewomen, but she didn't have a, her first classic match until she had that match with Natalia, and then she, that was when she was on her way really to the main roster. She just won the women's championship in NXT. But really, she, her and Becky Lynch had the least amount of buzz going to the main roster. Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks, excuse me, uh, Bailey and Sasha Banks put on a clinic. Those are the matches people remember from NXT that they will put in their top 10 of the black and gold, or Sasha versus Bailey. So Sasha was a star before then. Sasha also just oozed charisma, right? And so all of a sudden, she comes up there and Sasha is not being pushed as heavily. Think about the thing about this. This past year was her first WrestleMania win. Think about that. But she's also being invented at WrestleMania too. You know, so it's the it's it's the, the paradox, right? Sasha, in fairness, has put herself in positions where she's like, well, me and Vince are friends. Yeah, you guys aren't friends. And that's and Here's the thing also, we we people know this. We've been there before. We worked enough jobs. We figured our boss was our friend. We look, hey, elbow us and say, hey, homie, look out. Well, the boom's coming. We all think that at some point, right? And if we're very lucky in our life, we have that one boss that does look out for us. But think about this. We've also all been tricked as well. And I do think Sasha knows her worth. And to me, that's the most dangerous fucking thing to an employer. Is when their employee knows their fucking worth. CM Punk in 2011 signed a contract the day of Money in the Bank 2011. You gotta remember this. He was working on a handshake deal at that point. And he signed a new deal. I think it was a three-year deal. He was almost out of his contract anyway, even before he walked out. And everything started happening behind the scenes. The summer punk went to shit. 
The booking of Punk was, even though he was a WWE champion eventually again, it wasn't great. And even though he became a heel, this guy still wasn't, I think he may have invented maybe one or two more pay-per-views, but it was all about the Cena and Rock show. And that happens, but then you don't have a WrestleMania match, or, you, or you're going to have a WrestleMania match with Triple H that he didn't need to have. Punk, by that time, knew his fucking worth. So, you know what? I think I'm good. And I think I'm. T- I think it's time to go. That's no different than when you or me or whoever the fuck gets fed up and say, you know what? I think I'm good. I think I'm not coming to work today. Now, obviously, it depends on your circumstances. Depends how much money you have. Most normal people can't do that. But when you do that, it it's empowering. You may not have a job anymore, but you're like, fuck it, I'll find something else. And people do this every day. Every fucking day. People do this. And you know what? When they get on Twitter, when they get on Facebook, when they get on Instagram, people praise them. Believe in yourself, and you can never go wrong. Why is it different when these two do it? Now, the difference between punks and Punk and Banks is Banks kept going back and signing new contracts. I was like, you're, you're the fucking female Dolph Ziggler at this point. You come off not happy, then you sign a new fucking contract you can't get out of. They see you the way they see you. And Vince wants Charlotte Flair to be the greatest women's champion of all time. That's just what it is. Is it true? doesn't matter. It doesn't fucking matter. Everyone has different opinions. Tom Brady will play until he's fucking 55 years old. And it won't fucking matter. Because stat-wise, he may be the greatest of all time. But it's all dependent on who you are as a fan doesn't matter doesn't fucking matter Sasha Banks will probably end up with only 7 or 8 world title reigns right Charlotte will end up with 18, 19, 20 who gives a fuck most of them most of those title reigns are forgettable once again the paradox and, I get, and his thing also and one of the greatest lines I've ever, ever heard is the wrestlers get mad at the marks they're the biggest marks for themselves I don't know who made that lineup, but that's one of the greatest lines ever because they are. Shawn Michaels in 96 was the biggest mark for himself. Rock, Austin, all these people were the biggest marks for himself. Well, it's the truth. Anyways, do they not have the right to complain about their job? Yes, they do. We do. Everyone does. What makes you so special as a fan? That you don't think they can do that. Because you don't want to read it. Don't follow them. You don't think someone has done something as air quotes unprofessional as punk in a meeting. In public. It happens all the fucking time. You don't think fights happen at work. My very last day at a a job. Very last day. It's a Sunday morning. It's in the restaurant business. Just to set the tone. And I'm chilling. I'm chilling. I'm doing work. Now the thing. There's a, believe it or not, there's a ton of politics in the restaurant business. 
as we're wrapping up here to get to the main part of the show. So when you're the lead at a restaurant, you're a lead server, you check everybody out. But here's the problem though. A lot of times the lead ends up getting like 10 or 12 tables. Now they're all over the place. Now they are making you wait because now you you got to be checked out by them. You, you need their signature. And so you might do your side work. Side work could be anything from putting glassware away, silverware, whatever, right? Well, what happened this particular day was I put glassware away four times. I'm busy, I'm busy. I said, well, can you please just sign because I've done it. Well, he goes in the back and now it's two racks of glassware. I said, I'm not doing any more glassware, homie. Dude, I've been putting away. You make me wait for 30 minutes. I'm ready to go the fuck home. Now it's unfair to me. It's been unfair to me. Well, my son said, I said, dude, if you don't sign it, I'll punch you in your fucking face right, and take your body as you're unconscious and make you sign it. Either way, I don't give a flying fuck. I'm leaving. And so the manager came out. was like, well, and he's like, can you do it? I said, no. It's been 30 minutes. Ask him. How long it's been, he couldn't simply just look in the back and say, oh, there's no glassware there. Cool. He's chosen to make me wait. I'm not doing... Either you check me out or I steal all the fucking money anyway. Period. Bottom line. Up to you. And the manager just said, fuck it. Let's, let's whatever, right? Because he knew I was telling the truth. And he was like, well, it's not fair. I shouldn't have glassware. He was going to do it anyway. That's a part of the job. When you're the closer, you get the most money, but you also get the, the the last bit of work. And it becomes a lot when you're busy. If you can't handle it, too fucking bad. Not my problem, not anyone's problem. Anyways, now I had done that before. It wasn't my last day every time. But I, when you set that tone of you knowing your worth and knowing what someone else is doing, no one's going to like it. Also, let's be real. A lot of people say things online that they would never say in person. So do they have the right to complain? Sure. Is it a good look when you have people who are struggling, living check to check? No, it's never a good look. No one's saying this is a, the best look for anybody. Does bunk, Banks and Punk come off entitled, needy, whiny? Yes. Yes, they do. But I think whenever you put your personal business drama out there, it comes off like that anytime. In a perfect world, could we all go to our boss in private and have a conversation with him and say, hey, I think I'm worth this much. Well, I think you're worth that much. Okay, well, let's part ways. Yeah, we should. Do we have leaks? Yes. Here's something that I brought up weeks ago. No one said it. I was surprised people said nothing to me about it. I was surprised out of this growing podcast. I was legitimately surprised when no one said anything to me about it. When I said the Cody Rhodes factor. Remember, they swapped out Cody for Punk. And if we go deeper into this, Cody was having a lot of things spread about him. I think it's interesting how nothing ever spreads about the Bucks and Omega. Nothing ever spreads about these guys. But Cody and Brandy were toxic. Cody wanted a big time contract. How do we know this shit? Cody didn't say anything. We didn't know Cody was working on a handshake deal until he confirmed it in a in a promo. And Cody has been silent. 
And Cody talks a lot. And it got me to thinking. My last point here. Why is Cody silent? I think Cody genuinely loves those guys. And they helped him out when he needed to help needed to help and it made him a bigger star. But whether you like Cody Rhodes or not, the first year and a half of AEW, Cody was the face of the fucking company. Omega and the Bucks were never the face of the fucking company. Cody was. Cody was the one getting the opportunities on the big, big crappy show or wherever it's fucking called. Not Omega, not the Bucks. And you can say all they want you can say all you want to about them turning it. They didn't turn anything down. They weren't offered it. But I find it funny how everything leaks. Nothing leaks about the Bucks and Omega, though. I think the smoke to whatever to that CM Punk fire he lit during that scrum. Because I because there was a lot of people saying that the Bucks and Omega were spraying stuff about Cody. And I think Cody just loves him so much. He's like, look, I know I know what went down. It's personal. And that's why I leave it alone. Now, was Cody worth CM Punk money? I don't know how much CM Punk's getting made. It's not my business. Yeah, I think for that brand, he was. But for Cody, he needed to go back to WWE. There was a difference. He had a history there. He he needs to win the WWE Championship. And honestly, once his contract's up, he needs to go back to AEW for unfinished fucking business as well. And he will. With Punk, he has nothing to lose. He was never friends with these guys. Never. Never. He had nothing to lose to call them out. He didn't build a company with them. He came in because of Tony Khan. Now, this is all a big work. If all the Sasha Banks and Naomi things are big work, then I can't wait to see the, the end game in a year. I cannot wait to see the end game in one year. Unfortunately, I don't think these are works. Unfortunately, these are things that happen. You and I do these things. Are they the bad guys? Are you the bad guy when you defend yourself at your job? Or can't or can you not defend yourself at your job? Is that why this is so upsetting to you? These are things you gotta think about. I don't know the answers to those questions. I really don't. But to me, the biggest thing I take away from all of this is, is that you can't tell someone to be quiet for so long. You keep stuff built inside, built up. You will explode as well. Maybe not at media scrum, but you will. And you, you may have more to lose. I don't know. But to say Banks and Punk are entitled, needy, whiny, they should not complain about their job. That can be said for all of us. But unfortunately, we uh, many of us do not get treated to, many of us do not get treated well at our job. So I'm never gonna be the one to tell someone, oh, your job sucks, you complain about it. Get over it and stick it in. I'm never gonna be the one to do that. I'm always gonna be the one to say, Well, sounds like you got some stuff to, to think about. Sounds like you have some moves to make. That's your cold open. Here's a here's dynamite. Anytime we around. It go down, we major, anytime, we around, it go down. Down and down and down again. Oh. I got so high left my frown in the wind. Oh. Hard I tried, never try it again. Cause these niggas is lying again. Oh. Oh. I'm up like lying, I roll like a tire. Girl in my dreams, I don't sleep, I don't find oh, her. Shit. If they sleep and they need a reminder, this is for niggas who think we minor. Niggas.
What is up, everybody? Welcome to a busy, busy September. Um, as I promised, I said we would do this the rest of this month, where we will essentially have... T I'm not going to make it like a part one, part two type of thing, because this is will be mainly just focused. This will be focused on only on AEW. And then the Monday show will be focused on everything else, AEW, WWE, etc., etc. Um... And if you went into today thinking you were going to get news about what happened, I don't know what, I don't know where you work or where you live, where you think people will just give information that makes everyone look bad when they've already looked bad. <laughs> but, um, that's that was never the issue here and honestly when people even said to me hey why are you going live and i said because i feel like it's gonna be a newsworthy show and it was it is and it sets up a whole new dynamic now let's say this is not a work let's let's, let's start with it being a work i have no clue the fuck they would even go with this so now we have to go to reality it's not a work Things happen, whatever they were. Um, apparently, let's just get this out the way. So apparently, one of the people that um, witnessed the altercation was like head of legal or something. And so a lot of people have been suspended uh, between Punk and uh, Ace Steel. Supposedly, Ace Steel's been suspended, not fired. So when Punk and Tony Khan met on Tuesday, apparently it was a very constructive conversation and maybe they just suspended Punk. Um, I have so many takeaways from this entire situation. And actually, I did a cold open like on Monday or Tuesday that you guys sh should hear before this. I got a lot, a lot of those thoughts out. But I actually want to wait until Monday to see if I have any more thoughts. Um, this whole situation is just really weird. But let's just get right to it. So, first of all, Malachi Black has been granted a conditional release to handle his personal situation. So, whatever it is, please take care of yourself and your family. Now, let's get to the other stuff. The Elite, Omega, the Bucks, have been stripped of the AEW Trios Championships. Also suspended. Brandon Cutler has been suspended. Christopher Daniels has been suspended. Nakazawa has been suspended. After the all-out situation. Now, first of all, isn't Christopher Daniels like a part of like talent relations? What the hell did... This is the only reason I'm intrigued by this even more. Is it makes sense for Cutler to be suspended, right? Because he's going to be in the middle of it. Cause, not because those are their friends. But Daniels is like a part of human, like human, human resources. So it's essentially like you being at your 9 to 5. And then you're getting into a steel cage death match with somebody. And then one person from human resources says, I'm jumping in, motherfucker. Like, it's like uh, the weird, this whole situation is so bizarre, so weird, and it's like, wow, like, what were any, what was anyone thinking? And it's funny because I had to do it. I had to lose my sanity for a second. I jumped on Twitter, please, God forgive me, and I, I just kind of like looked, and the number of people that were like, well, what did... What did they do wrong? They're EVPs, for God's sakes. They shouldn't have come banging on a dude's door. No matter what, the 
no matter the inconsistency of any story, the one consistent story part of the story is the Bucks and Omega went to his locker room. Once you indicate that you want to smoke, now you've gotten now you got problems. When they went into his locker room, they have fucking problems. Doesn't matter who swung first. You literally are the EVPs of the company. What are you used to like having the power and people backing down? And this is something I said in the cold open. At some point in time, I went fucking 35 minutes, which I wasn't planning on doing. So, Lord forgive me for that too. But the reality is, there's some people just taking it. Like to me, in my opinion, the reason Cody left and the reason why Cody doesn't want smoke is because Cody knows what they did for his career and what he did for theirs. And he has like, like, like so much love for them. Punk ain't got love for them. Punk has no loyalty to them. Punk is not friends with them. He, listen to how he spoke about John Moxley at the at the scrum. He said, "Well, I hope he didn't mind doing the job for me because I didn't mind doing it for him." Like he has respect for a ton of people. He, I don't think he's ever said, "Hey, I I came to AEW to work with the Bucks and Omega." I mean, that would be a fantastic fucking match him and Omega. But <laughs> we're probably never gonna see now. But I don't think anyone. I don't think you. I, I I'm not saying he doesn't respect them, but that, that they weren't his priority. But like what they did wrong was they were bosses and they went to someone. He said, bring it. They brought it. And now they lost their titles. He lost his title, too. We'll, we're going to him in a second. But I was surprised at the number of people that said they stripped him of the trios championships. It's, this is bullshit. What, what, what did you want Tony Khan to do? Strip CM Punk and not strip them when they went to his locker? Doesn't matter what he said. Does not fucking matter. And I've used my own personal experiences in this situ- in these stories with you guys recently. So that way you guys can know I, I identify with this. No matter what, you're wrong. Like when I've told people, hey man, let's go, mother bleeper. I've been wrong. Right there, you put yourself in the wrong. Period. Bottom fucking line. So they, so they were stripped. And the thing I loved was that they didn't want to wait. We had new trios champions crowned tonight. So we'll get to that in a second. AEW also had another ta- top talent meeting. Boy, oh boy, I started feeling like my job. Where it's nothing but meetings every fucking day. Um, apparently, Daniel Bryan or Bryan Danielson, Chris Jericho, and a lot of the, of the lead people were um, like really the head of this particular meeting. And it was probably just more of a talent meeting only. We'll get more details of that, and we'll talk about that on Monday. Punk apparently has torn his tricep, so no matter what, we have, we're going to have a new champion anyway. And if you think about it, he injured that in the match. It was before he even got to that. I'm probably going to aggravate him getting to another fight, a real fight. But if you look at what he was doing at All Out, he he, he tore before. He this guy's just fucking cursed this year. Like if because he was like moving it up and down like the entire fucking match. So I'm pretty sure him finishing the match wasn't ideal as well. So no matter what, we were getting a new AEW World Champion. This that, that whole meeting with him and Tony Khan was to see if he wanted to stay or go, or what could be done. Because because if if there's legal ramifications right now, and if it's true that he still is biting people and like legitimately throwing chairs, there's issues now. There's been other versions of this story where A Steel's wife was in there, which I said earlier, but like apparently she has like a broken foot or something. So now this dude's protecting his wife. And you have these, you have, if they suspended legitimately, what, six people that were on the side of the, of the elite, that's six on fucking two. 
and one has a broken, a, a torn tricep. You have a woman in there with a broken foot and a fucking tiny ass dog. So, I mean, like, I don't know what to think about any of this. It's all a shit show. Um, apparently, we will we will know something by the end of the week. So apparently, he's going to either be fired or suspended by the end of business today. So we will see. And their business just ended. So we will see, if not Thursday, Friday last. And we will know the fate of CM Punk and if he's back in professional wrestling for only one year. I would dare say this will be his last rodeo in wrestling. And he would have ended on a, boy, oh boy, the legacy that he leaves behind, if that's the last time we see Punk um, before a Hall of Fame induction, which I I don't even know if he would take, honestly. At this point, he, at this point where he's at, he's so miserable, dude. Like, as far as just, (sighs) let me say this. I would hate, he's done it to himself. I would hate for that to be the last thing we see of CM Punk in the wrestling, so in, in the wrestling world. So I would hope he would at least be around, so that we could see a heel CM Punk run, feed off this, make money off of this, and move forward. But if that's the last thing we see of him. He 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 seems like the kind of guy that's super stubborn enough to not go in the Hall of Fame while he's alive. And we could and we could possibly see AJ Lee like doing his posthumous speech. He seems like that kind. Without a doubt, what he's done for AEW in the small time he's been there. Uh, obviously, he's a, he's a pro wrestling Hall of Famer. I mean, he might take a pro wrestling Hall of Fame nod. I mean, they're not associated with anyone else. So, but anyways, uh, hopefully this is not. Hopefully it's not. But I know a lot of people want a lot of people want him fired. But you know, if everyone else is getting suspended, and if it's true that Ace still just got suspended, it sounds like he was the one that was violent, more violent than anyone else. So we'll see. But um, more news. Chris Statlander had surgery. Um, so heal up and get back and get well so you can get championship gold around your waist. Um, Alex Reynolds hurt his back at All Out. That's why Dark Order was not in this particular match. Um, but anyways, let's get to Dynamite. So we start off Dynamite, where Tony Khan, who was smart, he pre-recorded this. He didn't need, he knows it, it was not going to be good. So he, he pre-recorded, it was Quick and to the point, he said the AEW World's Championship and the Trios Championships have been vacated. There's a tournament, a championship tournament with that involves six men. Two who will already be in the semifinals, four will fight to get to the semifinals. And that will be for the AEW World Championship that will commence at AEW Grand Slam in two weeks. So then he announced that the Trios Championship will be, def- will be determined tonight. This match was announced at All Out. Death Triangle, the best friends for the AEW Trios Championships. And so, what a surprise and what a way to just say, hey, fuck it. We already have a tournament going on for one belt. Let's not make, let's not spread this out with all these other belts. We just, we just literally had a tournament for these championships and legitimately they've never been defended. So, we have to have new champions now. So, in this tournament, you have Chris Jericho and... John Moxley in the semifinals already. And in the quarterfinals to advance, you had Hangman Adam Page versus Brian Danielson to advance to face Jericho. And you had Sammy Guevara, Darby Allen, part four, which will happen apparently on Rampage, which is probably being filmed right now. The winner that will face John Moxley in the semifinals next week. 
So they start off with MJF coming out. We had Buffalo Bills jerseys playing up to the crowd. He was just the all. Oh, he's just an all. Oh, you could just tell he was the ultimate jerk, right? And so he's just he's making these smug comments while apologizing. And saying, I didn't really mean that. And blah blah blah. This and the third. And then eventually John Moxley comes out. And Moxley just says he's not in the mood. And Moxley's getting booed because like people love MJF and they think he's being genuine. First of all, Buffalo, you guys fell for some of the easiest, easiest tricks in, in wrestling handbook. You guys just were craving for your MJF and boy, oh boy, did he get you guys. Everything got you guys. You guys were boring and just, you guys were confused tonight, Buffalo. I feel sorry for you. Uh, because, but you guys are great fans because you guys are fucking crazy. I've seen videos of what you Buffalo Bills fans do. So, uh, eventually... Moxley says, let's just go, talking to MJF about fight. MJF says, nah, I'm good. He walks out. And then Moxley cuts a fire fucking promo. And he said he was supposed to be on vacation until two days ago. And that's true. Him and Jericho were not scheduled to be on Dynamite. And they got the call. Hey, you know, no one who was a part of the brawl is going to be on Dynamite. I need need my heavy hitters. And legitimately, Tony Khan just said last fucking week how he was going to load up Rampage. By the way, Rampage looks to be amazing. Not not just you have Darby Allin versus Sammy Guevara. You have the ROH World Heavyweight Champion Claudio defending against Dax fucking Harwood. That's going to be fantastic. But what he wanted to start doing was really loading up Rampage as well because he just got these people back. And now you legitimately, legitimately lose four top guys. Not just four guys who would you like see because Eddie Kingston, he's a top guy, but he disappears a lot. Like we don't see Eddie Kingston on TV every week. Like we didn't see him tonight. There's no mention of him. To, like he wasn't even in the tournament. Like we we it's 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 not noticeable with Eddie Kingston because he does so many shows across the country. So a lot of times when we see him, we see him right. But like we see Omega and the Bucks at least weekly because of BTE and and stuff like that. We, we, we definitely would see CM Punk every week if he. <laughs> well, I mean, he's the only two-time AEW champion now. He's never even defended the fucking championship. His last four matches. Think about his last four matches, Punk. Against Hangman Adam Page, where he won the AEW Heavyweight Championship. Or three matches, excuse me. He lost the interim championship match or the unification match. And then he won the championship match. Three championship matches. Two, uh, two and one. And no defenses. Wow. Anyways, so he, he just lost it. Now, he, who knows how long they're going to be suspended? I'm assuming to after Grand Slam. See, and that's why I said in the in the cold open, I believe, where I thought he was going to suspend him after Grand Slam and just have them all lose. He didn't even wait. He just said, fuck it. Let's just do it right now, uh, which is interesting. But, yeah, Rampage is loaded. I'm definitely watching this week. Um, But Moxley. He is definitely the heart and soul of the business. Whether you like his wrestling or not, this dude legitimately had two had, had two world championships with two different companies. I know some people don't consider GCW a company. It is. They make money. Or otherwise, they couldn't afford someone like Moxley. But legitimately, he was holding up two different companies. Anytime he's been called upon, this was the summer of Moxley. His summer was going to be very, very fucking tamed. 
he was going to be in a tag team match at Forbidden Door, probably another tag team match at All Out. He was going to be a, a very, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? A very, uh, he was going to be in the mid card. That's not the word I was looking for, but it's the best way I can think of. It was just very, hey, we know we're going to get a good match. But he was going to put Moxley in here with the Blackpool Combat Club. And Moxley was called upon at the very last minute. Hey, Punk broke his foot. We need to put an interim champion to, together. You get your match with Tanahashi. So he has a great match with Tanahashi. Then he goes on to defend his championship every time. Then Punk comes back. He yeah, has a squash match with Punk. Then he loses clean to Punk. That was his first clean loss in over a year, dude. Like, I can't... I, honestly, I don't even... I think I think it was Tony Khan during the scrum who said that um, Moxie was the one that was pinned. And I think this is true. He was the one pinned clean against the Young Bucks when uh, it was him and Eddie Kingston versus the Bucks. And he went away to have his baby. And that was the last time he was clean, pinned clean. And I don't remember if that was clean because I remember the Bucks being heels. I remember everyone thought that, even though everyone knew that Moxley was leaving to have his kid, I think everyone assumed that Eddie Kingston and Moxley would have a, a run with the tag team titles. But, I mean, think about that. Think about that. This dude was having a, just a, a mid-card year. He formed the Blackpool Combat Club. He had a hell of a match with him and Brian Danielson at a Revolution. And they, it was cool. They were just doing tag team matches. Every time he's been called upon, he's done. He's done what he's needed to do, and he's been and he's been rewarded for that. Hopefully financially, hopefully in other ways as well. But Moxley has been the heart and fucking soul, and the promo he cut today. I don't know who's gonna win this championship because I don't know who, what where the story goes now. We know MJF has a championship match waiting for him whenever he fucking wants it. I can only imagine that after a grueling match in Grand Slam. At Grand Slam, at Grand Slam, excuse me, that's where they're gonna put the belt on MJF. I, I can only imagine that's the only place it's gonna happen. You know, that's that's the only outcome. Because first of all, Jericho shouldn't be going to the final. Like we're gonna get to that in a second. I'm, matter of fact, let me, let me let me not get ahead of myself. So, anyways, but after this promo, which was fucking fire, um, we get our trios match: Death Triangle versus Best Friends. This was all set up on Zero Hour. Where after Pac had defeated Kip Sabian, Orange Cassidy came out. Pac said no, walked away. Then later on in the night, they did a pre pre interview or uh, pre recorded interview where it was announced that Death Triangle will face best friends. This was already an announced match. Now gold's on the line. I would, I thought it was, I said man for as much as I want to see Pac with two belts and the Lucha Brothers, I said they have to be putting these belts on the best friends, right? Like best friends have never held any gold. For as popular as Orange Cassidy is, he's never held any gold in AEW. It's amazing how him, like him, MJF, never held any gold. That's about to change with MJF, but you get my point. And they had a great match, these two, and these two teams. And Pac gets the pin. Pac has two titles now, the All-Atlantic and the, the Trails Championships. Death Triangle, after being, um, after having COVID, where... Pac would come and disappear and be over somewhere else wrestling and all sorts of stuff. This this group, this entity that came together now has the trios titles, second ever trios champions, but they will be the first ones to defend those belts. And, and boy, oh boy, hit Pac with two belts now. That's fucking awesome. 
Next up was Penelope Ford versus the interim women's champion Tony Storm. Um, Tony Storm won. I don't really have much to say about this match. I think Penelope Ford has uh, grown as a wrestler. Uh, she doesn't get my attention necessarily. Um, I know some people think she's super gorgeous, which she she is. Um, Kip Saban's a lucky man, but um, I, she just doesn't get me as a wrestler, so I could really care less about this. Crowd was kind of different as well. The acclaim came out, and for anyone once again who was expecting to, anyone to talk, because I think it was also a, a meeting that Tony Khan had. He's been meetings galore as well with MJF and Max Caster. And I have to imagine he just wanted to send the acclaim out there just to get the pop. But he, he, what we know that the rap line, he rap lines we want him to say, he's not going to be able to say. So he came out there, and as soon as uh, Max Caster, and they were, they were over. They're definitely winning those tag team championships in two weeks. Um, and then I, I love the fact that it got this guy heat, major heat. Swerve then cuts him off with his music. Swerve cuts him off. People were so... I was literally on Twitter. And you don't hear me say that very often. But I'm on fucking Twitter laughing at how many people were mad. And one person tweeted... One person tweeted, this show is... No rap from Matt Caster. Max Caster, this show has been a dumpster fire. I was like, this is... <laughs> this is hilarious and it's great heel work from swerve because now swerve and keith lee know they're the heels so now they should be heels keith lee said in the media scrum he said i've never been booed like this before in my life and i loved it and you know what the acclaim are gonna get those belts like it's it's undeniable now part two they're getting those belts um and so we may see a three match out of these guys, but he claimed it's their time. But if the one thing I find disrespectful to Keith Lee and Swerve is the fact that people say they should have called an audible. What do you mean call an audible? Tell me one match before this past Sunday of the acclaims that you remember. Not a rap line, a fucking match. I can tell you right now, I don't remember many of John Cena's matches when he was Doctor of Thugonomics because they mostly weren't fucking good. I get it. He had main events with Brock Lesnar lost, Kurt Angle lost. I get all this. Name one classic match John Cena had as a rapper. As, as Doctor Thug- Thugonomics. He didn't have any. Spoiler alert. They have not, they, they've accumulated so many wins, most of them on dark. Because every time we saw them at one point in time last year, they were fucking losing. And this is when I started to like them. And I was like, damn, they lose too fucking much, though. But they were winning so much on dark. So their their, their record was, like, just jumping up. So essentially, it's like, hey, you're in the NFL, but we can never see your game. So you guys might have 12 wins, but every time I see you, you have five losses because you're on television. That's a huge difference. When you actually, You have to see it to connect with it a lot of times. You know what I'm saying? And so I feel like... If you guys can name a classic match from the claim, I I'm all ears. And mind you, the match they just had on Sunday will be a match of the year contender. It will be in top. I'm believing it will be in my top ten this year, as we get towards the end of the year. It will definitely be my top ten. That was a great match. It's the only great match they've ever fucking had though. So there's no audible to be called. Swerving Lee did a fantastic job of putting these two guys over, making them feel like a million bucks. But it is their time now. And they will win the Grand Slam. And I expect that match to be fan. fan if they get, if they able to get the 20 minutes that they got at all out, they will, it will be fantastic. We're going to see a lot of titles change hands that night. 
but it's the first official match signed for Grand Slam. But this was great. This was fucking great. And um, just so you guys know, on a lighter note, uh, yeah, I did have people hit me up. Hey, you didn't talk about the, the action figure reveals, blah, blah, blah. There was so much going on this past weekend. I completely forgot. But I had screenshot all the different waves. I completely forgot about it from everything else we had to talk about. Then after whatever, We will talk about it at the end of this to, to lighten the tone uh, as we go into the weekend. Or into Thursday, excuse me. Um, but this was great, though. And then Jericho cuts a promo. And this motherfucker, I swear to God, he gave away the fucking finish. He, as he's talking and, saying, uh, and doing his whatever, he says, next week when I face Brian Danielson. I said, what the fuck did he say? And I rewinded it. I thought, because at first I was like, maybe he was asking for Brian Danielson. Because remember, we had not seen Brian versus Hangman yet. This was after this. And so I rewinded it. I was like, this motherfucker gave away the fucking finish. I didn't know, I legit didn't know who was going to win. I, I mean, I assumed it was going to be Brian because of the story they were telling with those two, right? Which is why Brian should win. Brian should not be losing twice to fucking Jericho. But I was like, this motherfucker gave away. And it was funny because I was going back and forth with someone on Twitter. And like, I, and um, she she had said she had made some comment about Jericho. And I commented under her thing. I said, yeah, Jericho gave away the fucking finish. She said, no, he did it. Yeah. Yeah, he did. You know, Excalibur in the um in 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 the commentary, he tried to cover up and say, Oh, he was asking for No no. The motherfucker gave the finish away. Period bomb line. And so I was like super fucking annoyed. And they still had a great match. I mean, these two can't have a fucking bad match, Brian and Heyman. But like I was like, What the fuck? Are you serious right now? Anyways, it just it just was frustrating. So it's Brian and Heyman ended up fighting, ended up having a good match. Brian wins, um, and he will face Jericho. I can't imagine, Jer- I mean, I can, but Jericho should not be defeating Brian twice. I think Brian should be going into the finals at Grand Slam, which would be, which would be honestly interesting. One year ago at Grand Slam, he was challenging for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship against Kenny Omega. He will be challenging for it again since it's vacant. That would be very interesting. I just don't think it benefits anyone for Jericho to be in the main in the in the main event of that, that show. You know, I get it, he's a top name, but so is Brian Danielson. So I think Brian should be good, but we'll get to that in a second. Uh apparently Christian's gonna need surgery and Jungle Boy cut a hell of a promo. He said, Go get your surgery when you come back, this is not done. And so then he cut a another promo on uh Uchisaur. So th- honestly, this actually works out ten times better. So here's my thoughts. Now this could have been the plan all along. I don't believe this was the plan personally. I definitely feel like Jungle Boy, I mean, Luke Schwartz was not going to go back to being Hill. This is me. And I feel like they had to call an audible because Christian is legitimately hurt. And now you can have Luke Schwartz and him fight and battle until Christian gets back. And then him and Christian finish this feud off. Next up, the main event, Willier, Willer, see, I, I just, that, people ask me all the time, why don't you say his first name? I, I can't say his name right. Willer, Willer, my accent. Will or will it see my accent won't allow? So that's why I say Yuta. Uh, Yuta defends his RH Pure Championship against Daniel Garcia in Buffalo in his hometown. This was actually fucking dope. They had fucking Westside Gun, who's known for being a huge wrestling fan. He's always at the wrestling shows. I think he's on has his own company too, uh, where they do apparel or something called Fourth Rope. Um, he uh, wrapped him out to the ring. Uh, Yuta and Garcia had fought at ROH pay per view before with Yuta winning, obviously. Um, this was another good match. I don't think it was as good as their pay-per-view match, but this was good. And, and, and Garcia got the ROH World Heavyweight Championship, um, Pure Championship, excuse me. 
Um, so that's more gold off the waist of uh, uh, of the Blackpool Combat Club. Uh, Brian Danielson comes out. And at first, Yuta was not going to shake his hand. Because if you remember, that was a callback to when Yuta beat him. And Garcia didn't shake his hand. So he wasn't going to do it. And Brian Danielson slapped him on his, art, uh, his chest and said, hey, man, do the right thing. And they shook hands or whatever. Brian Danson then put the belt around Garcia's waist. They shook hands. Jericho came out and was, like, really pissed off. Because like, remember, Jericho had told him, you, you didn't celebrate with us. So, so since you didn't celebrate with us, you know, you're on your own, which he did on his own. He won via submission. Um, and I actually wrote this note down. Look at what the Blackpool Combat Club has done this summer. They've gotten five members. They've gotten three championships. Only one member has not held gold in that group, which is Brian Danielson. And then they've been defending those championships in hostile territory, Punk in Chicago, Utah in fucking Buffalo. And and so it's like they, they have just, they are legitimately, right now, they are the best faction in AEW and maybe in the top two companies. So that is your Rampage review. So essentially, I don't know who's going to win. I'm actually really curious to see how they, they, they pack this and what's, what story they go with next. I'm assuming because Moxley was the one that approached MJF. Moxley will be the one to win the AEW Championship back for the third time. I'm assuming that. Only because he, he's the only one that's had the interaction with MJF. And they did that for a reason. Right, and I'm assuming that is the connection there. Now, me personally, let me let me. I'm a fancy book for a second, right? And then we'll get to our action figure shit. Right now, we know half the semifinals. We know Brian Jericho, and then we have Darby Sammy. I would not put another member of the JAS in the semifinals. We don't need to do that. Personally, I would put Darby versus Moxley, and I would actually have Moxley lose to Darby. And my to me, if the goal is to get major heat on my on MJF, I would then have and once again, this is me assuming air quotes assuming that the goal is to put the belt on MJF at Grand Slam the very end of the night. Now the chip has never been utilized as a money in a bank cash in, but my but MJF said something interesting. I have a title match whenever I want it. I don't see MJF being the kind of person that's going to say, I'm going to shake your hand and cash this in when you're paying full fucking attention. That's, I'm, I'm once again, I may be reading too much into this, but that is just my frame of reference, my thinking, right? So my thing is, if that's the goal, then Brian Danielson should beat Jericho, get to the finals. Darby should beat Sammy. Darby should beat Moxley by nefarious means. Nothing Darby does, but something MJF does. Costs Moxley the, 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 the match. Darby then goes on to face Brian Danielson, and Darby wins. And then at the end, because we've seen Tony Khan give in to MJF, Moxley cashes in on the chip, beats Darby. So Darby had legit a 20-minute championship reign. Wouldn't be that long. You get my point. Now, if I'm being more um, on the... Booker Booker side of things, as far as just like what makes sense, I think it makes all sense in the world for Moxley to go to the finals against Brian Danielson, and for the Combat Club to then face each other, face off, and 
if Moxley's if there's if, if he just needs some to get through this September patch where they're suspended, then let Brian Danielson win the match and let him become the AEW World Champion. That's just that's my thing. But to me, if you want the most heat on fucking MJF, put that build on Darby for ten seconds and have MJF screw him over. That's fucking heat right there. So, anyways, um, I will say this because I don't know that what's the next part of this story. Outside of MJF getting the championship, I'm all for it. I don't know. I'm good with it, and that's what I'm now. I'm, I'm honestly just enjoying it. If fucking Jericho when it gave away the fucking finish, I would have enjoyed it even fucking more. But I digress. So, anyways, let's get to these action figures re- reveals real quick. So there are several Amazon exclusives. We have an Amazon exclusive of Brian Danielson and John Moxley, the Blackpool Combat Club, and they don't have pictures. Uh, they just have pictures of the people, but not of the actual figures. Uh, this of Amazon exclusive of Jay Cargill and Britt Baker. I would assume this Jay Cargill will have the TBS championship since she's the only one that's ever held the fucking thing. And then we have exam- Amazon exclusives of Danhausen and Hook. Um, I will be getting none of these. <laughs> um, I have. I don't want Danhausen. I don't want a Hook. And I have enough Brian and enough Moxley. Boom. Uh, let's get to. This is Unrivaled 15. Just go straight down my list. The ones I will be getting. We finally have the first acclaimed action figures coming out. So, uh, good luck on that. We'll be getting those. But we have the acclaimed in this wave. We have Scorpio Sky with the Purple TNT Championship. We have Jay Cargill. Ego. Ethan Page with his first time getting the championship. I mean, uh, it's action figure. We have Pac who will have a mask and the All-Atlantic Championship. And Samoa Joe. So I will begin. I will begin from this way of the acclaimed. Um, I think that's it. I might get the Pac if it had, if it actually does come with the Atlantic Championship, All Atlantic. I might get that one, and I have enough Samoa Joes. Unrivaled thirteen. I will begin nothing from this wave, but they have Sting, the Bunny, Darby Allen, the Butcher, the Blade, Wardlow, and Danhausen. Um. Yeah, I will be getting none of this wave. <laughs> Unrivaled 14. We have Keith Lee, Swerve, Chris Statlander, Trent, Cassidy, Orange Cassidy, Hobbs and Starks. I will be getting the Swerve from this because the only Swerve I actually have is the uh, the only one that WWE put out, which was the basic figure. And that's when I was going to get signed until I went to the ROH show this past year and they said that they would not let you bring your own shit in. Uh, so I actually want... Um, I would. I decided to keep the the Mattel basic one just because that's the one I could probably get autographed one day, and I could probably open this one up. So there we go. Unmatched series number eight. We have Penta, Malachi Black, Abaddon, CM Punk from the ROH days, Hangman Adam Page, Buddy and Brody. I'm actually gonna probably get none of these figures. Um, this uh. Because cause I have a Malachi, well, I do have an Alistair Black, I don't have a Malachi Black, but I just, no, nothing here is tickling my fancy per se. Unmatched 9, this is all the elite. <laughs> you, you have the Young Bucks, Adam Cole, Kenny Omega, Britt Baker, Brandon Cutler, and Kyle O'Reilly. I will be getting none of these figures as well, I have enough of these figures. And I have a sign of Adam Cole, I, I'm, I'm good. Um, we have Unmatched 10. Tony Storm, Yuta, Moxley, Cesaro, 
Brian Danielson, William Regal, and Alex Reynolds, which is the most random one in this fucking group. Of, of this, this, this entire wave, Alex Reynolds is the most random, but I believe he's the only one from the Dark Order that didn't get a figure in the Dark Order wave. So I guess it, I guess it kind of makes sense. Um, but I will be getting a bunch from this wave. I will be getting William Regal, because I never actually had a William Regal action figure. I will be getting a Cesaro. And I will be getting a Tony Storm. Because the only Tony Storm action figure that WWE put out was a basic. And I didn't get it. And I had plenty of opportunities to get it. Which I just didn't want. And I'll probably get a Yuta as well. Um, and the last thing that we'll talk about. And I, yes, I have seen that the Jim Ross action figure uh, ringside exclusive has come out. I cannot get mine yet. That's not going to buy one right now. But when I pre-ordered my Jim Ross, I pre-ordered it with my Tony Schiavone. So Ringside does not send out one and keep half. They just send them out at the same time. So whenever Tony Giovanni comes out, I think, which is next month, is when um, I will be getting mines. And I did see that the Excalibur is officially out for pre-order. I will be pre-ordering that uh, this week, as a matter of fact. So I'm super, super excited about that. Um, so anyways, that is essentially your AEW wrap for Wednesday. Like I said, we'll be doing this every Wednesday night into Thursday morning the rest of this month um, until we get some clear direction where we're going. But it's going to be a lot, but it will be official shows. And I'll still, we'll still talk about AEW on the Monday podcast as well. But this will just to give this some focus. Um, so thank you for, for listening. Uh, have a great weekend. I will talk to you guys on Monday. I'm Mr. Chemical. This is I See Things a Little Differently.